This is Industry Matters, powered by VGM, a post-acute healthcare podcast about community, connections, and belonging. VGM is a member service organization serving durable and home medical equipment providers and manufacturers. VGM also has communities for respiratory, complex rehab, women's health mastectomy, home accessibility, therapy, and orthotics and prosthetics professions. With VGM, you're part of something bigger. On today's episode of Industry Matters, we continue our series for our OPGA community. In this edition of Women Leaders in ONP, Ashley White, OPGA's ONP 2021 Woman of the Year and Director of Health Policy and Strategic Alliances for AOPA, talks with Kelly Geese, COO and partner of Cornerstone Prosthetics and Orthotics. They discuss the importance of data and analytics, cost indexing, insurance contracts, and if they're helping your business be profitable, and much more. Hello, everyone. I'm Ashley White, the ONP Woman of the Year, and I am interviewing Kelly Geese today. Um, Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you to OPGA for putting on this podcast. Kelly is the Chief Operating Officer and Partner at Cornerstone Prosthetics and Orthotics. Um, Kelly, I'd love uh, to know a little bit more about you and how you found your way to ONP, or rather how ONP found you. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on today. Um, ONP, we found each other, and it was really random, actually. I, I graduated college back in 2002. Uh, Cornerstone was the first job that I took, and I started working with Dave Hughes and the Cornerstone team. I began to learn about lean process uh, from Dave, and it was fantastic, and I never left. <laughs> and here I am 20 years later, and I'm proud to be a partner in, in Cornerstone and really just a part of this amazing field. So that, that's how I found ONP. That's great. I, I love hearing different people's stories, and I think it's um, it's so interesting that you've you know, spent your entire career uh, in ONP. So you've seen all of the changes and transitions um, that this profession has gone through. Um, I also know you're a big proponent of data-driven decision-making. Can you share some of the most impactful changes you've implemented at Cornerstone? Sure, sure. Got it. Data, data's fun. Uh, It's definitely an awesome thing. And I have to preface, I hate running reports. So having dashboard analytics, uh, to do this automatically for me has been amazing, a uh, really cool tool and, and just super efficient. So Cornerstone, you know, I always felt like we were, we, we've always been a continuous improvement company, you know, so we've, we've done really well always, you know, working with the team to make change that can affect our bottom line. But what we realized is when we added analytics over our process, it, it brought this visibility that just took us to this whole other level. So one of the things, if I had to pick one, uh, one of the most impactful, I think, within our organization has been uh, our WIP, being able to pull analytics and data together to really optimize our WIP meetings and make sure that we're you know, finding the bottlenecks, uh, finding the line stoppers, being able to look at how old claims are, um, what stage the claim is in. I think overall, I would have to say that's been been by far probably the most impactful thing that we've created using our data. That's fascinating. Can you share a little more about that work in progress sort of um, 
dynamic with the team at Cornerstone and who all's involved in that. Uh, I'd love to, to hear more, and I know our audience would love them. Yes, well. definitely. So, you know, when we talk about WIP, it's everything from the time that prescription hits your system all the way until you build that claim out. And there's so many steps and there's so many processes in between um, those phases. And so, you know, at Cornerstone, again, we've spent a lot of time talking about process and documenting our process. And, and so, again, I felt really good about that. And then what we were able to do is, is create data analytics um, using dashboards, using specifically Power BI, which is a Office 365 tool. And we were able to bring our WIP and bring our processes to full visibility. And everybody has access to it. So it's a team effort, team approach. And, you know, Monday mornings, kind of this is how it goes for the week. Monday mornings is our line stopper day. So we, we pull our team together. We have 15-minute stand-up morning meetings every morning. And so Mondays is our line stopper day. So we pull our, our dashboards. We look at everything that are, are orange, that are our line stoppers. And so that we can, you know, let everybody know where those lie, how many of our practitioners have those that they need to address so they can set forth time and plan to get those addressed this the following week. And then individually, uh, our office managers in each of our locations work with our practitioners to do a 30-minute weekly uh, WIP meeting in which they're going to go over everything that's in red. And anything in red is going to be anything that's needing an authorization or, or anything that needs chart note review. Uh, so that we would look at that, we look at our days old, make sure that nothing is, you know, falling over our metric that we find acceptable. And if anything is that, you know, that would be an indicator there might be a problem and we may need to rally the team together and, and look at it together. And then we're going to look at anything in our greens. So anything in a green means that we've given approval to the practitioner and now it's in their hands, right? So you know, where is the device? Have we modified it? Did we order all of our parts? You know, it, it's a great interaction and we, with our practitioner and office staff, just to make sure that that claim is moving through, that we didn't forget it in the mod room, right? And, and those kind of things happen. So it's a, it's a great way to make sure that we're helping our practitioners with their very busy schedules. Uh, and then we would look anything in our blues, right? So anything in a blue means, hey, we've delivered this. And it's not billed yet. It's still on my web, and, you know, and that's going to that's gonna create cash flow issues. We want to get these billed out as soon as we can. So essentially, we've taken our process and we've put it into our dashboards and we've color coded it because we're really into color coding to help us work through our web um, as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And I believe everybody is really enjoying it because it just brings an organization to web meetings, which can be really daunting. Um, and, you know, I think we've been very successful in it. And, you know, we've, we've actually also been able to bring that process and bring our analytic tools to other companies. And, and we've found and we've seen that it has changed their organization just as much as it changed ours. So I, I think that it, it, it shows that this is a, a great tool for really anybody to use, not just just not just corner, not just us here at Cornerstone. So. Yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, thank you for sharing, and yeah. I'm sure that people can um, use some of that uh, in their own practice. Uh, I know that we certainly could 
um, all all benefit from increased processes and yeah. efficiencies in business, right? Yeah. Um, so we've had several recent conversations about the importance of cost indexing in O&P. So just to switch the topic a little bit, yeah. um, you know, really understanding how much it costs to provide care to our patients. Can you share a little more about the work that you've done in this um, in this space? Yes, definitely. So insurance contracts, I some of them we love, some of them we hate. <laughs> and, you know, I think we all have a feeling that we, with some of our contracts, may not be making money or might be underwater. And so what we set out to do, again, with analytics is we we pulled in and we created a, a bit more of a true costing to help us understand what payers we were, we were truly upside down on um, and help us make some better decisions about you know, what are we going to do from a business perspective. And so uh, what we were able to do is we were able to pull our OP data. We're OP users. So we were able to pull our OP data and calculate by claim how many appointments were involved in that claim. And so, as you know, we get paid by claim, right? Not by the number of visits. So we, we pulled that data together and we pulled it with our NIPOP group, which is uh, a bunch of other O&P companies in Washington. And so we pulled all of the uh, data together as far as how many visits it took per claim. And we're really able to look at um, averages, you know, an average BK, an average AK, how many visits that take, an average AFO, knee braces, spinal. So we took our, our categories and surprisingly enough, uh, we, we really were all very close with the number of appointments uh, that we were averaging per claim, which really validated the data. <clears throat> so that allowed us to really provide truer costing because so much of our time and, and, and money that's spent is in seeing the patients, is the time that our practitioners spend with them. Uh, and then we extrapolated out our office time and we put numbers to componentry and have a really beautiful way to look at our payers and our reimbursements by device type. And, you know, yeah, it was very enlightening. Uh, maddening to some degree for some of our payers, but it did help us to make some decisions on, you know, whether it was feasible to keep certain payers if we were operating at a loss. It was also a little scary uh, for our industry. I mean, again, we all have kind of known this, that it's going in the wrong direction with some of these payers, but to see it um, was a bit frightening. <laughs> just because now we truly have to make some decisions um, on whether we can continue with some of these payers. And it's unfortunate because many of our patients are with some of these payers that, that aren't, aren't the best. And so um, it's hard for us to think that's, that our patients are gonna be able to continue to have the continuity of care that they've had in the past if we have to make some of these hard decisions. Yeah. That that is really tough, and I really appreciate you sharing your perspective on that. Um, and I, I want to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, the the two sides of the coin. It's it's that there's these out of date fee schedules, 
as well as what we what we refer to as predatory negotiation practices. And again, mm-hmm. to be very clear, we're not talking about any specific payers here. We're talking about the general reimbursement environment and those challenges mm-hmm. um, just from an antitrust perspective. But, you know, we are seeing that there are fee schedules uh, payers are using that in the language itself refers to um, existing Medicare fee schedules. But then when you actually look at them, they're, you know, 10 years old or 20 years old, um, that they're not they're not actually using the prevailing Medicare fee schedule even to index their own pricing. Um, We also know that um, almost all payers negotiate down. And that in itself is a problem because there's a reason that the fee schedules are set at what they're set at. And the CPIU ensures that there's um, an adjustment made for for inflation and other other cost increases um, in the in the economy. And so it, it, it is a it's an interesting dynamic. I'd love to, to know a little more about how, how that impacts you all at oh, yes. um, Cornerstone. Definitely. Yeah. I, you know, again, very maddening. We're small business owners for the most part, right? And so every year we see our health insurance rates for our, our, our employees just skyrocket. I mean, anywhere from like 10 to 30%, right? It increases that we have to pay in order to keep our health benefits. So for an insurance company to even try to argue that they shouldn't be paying at current Medicare is, is just, I mean, it's not even an argument, you, you know? And I think, I think the most maddening part for me is that trying to even get a conversation with somebody at an ins- some of these insurance companies is, is darn near impossible. Uh, we've taken the data that we've created and, and, and actively taking it, taking it to some of our payers and, you know, they're not even really willing to have a conversation. So what's so frustrating is that we are such a small field, right? But but what they're doing is such, it's so detrimental to our industry. And and I've seen, I've, I've seen companies go out of business um, because of, because of they just can't afford the they they can't afford to continue having their prices increase you know everybody wants me and needs raises our vendors continually raise their prices as you know inflation the cost of shipping um even now you know we're getting the second shipping charge of with what's going on in the world and so to think that we can continue to operate with having fixed prices that don't reflect you know where it really truly should be is just Again, it's a freight train going in the wrong direction. Um, we're either going to be faced with continually diminishing margins, um, we're, or we're not going to be able to pay our our people what they're you know they should be paid, and they're going to go somewhere else, or we're going to be you know buying subpar product. And unfortunately, all of those things in the end just really hurt the patient. And the insurance company is supposed to be an advocate for the patient, so you know none of it makes sense. Um, and I just wish that you know, they would at least sit down and look at the data and understand our industry a little bit more because, yeah, I mean, it, it truly isn't going to be able to go on for a whole lot longer uh, paying off of these, you know, as you said, 10-year-old fee schedules. And even at that, a percentage off of a 10-year-old fee schedule. I, I mean, again, you, you look at the, the, the data when you put it into a costing and it is frightening 
to look at because there is literally no way um, for us to survive on a lot of these with a lot of, you know, especially orthotics um, if something doesn't change pretty soon. So those are those are my those are some of my thoughts about the insurance companies. I'll try to be there. I, 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 I try to keep it clean. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I'll also say that I know it is an issue that's on so many people's minds. And I just want to say thank you for your advocacy in this space and, you know, for helping us see some of the on um, the work that you've done to, to kind of showcase this in, uh, you know, on paper, um, how that how it plays out in terms of patients access. And I want to encourage others, um, you know, to to think about this in in the perspective of patient access. That's you know, you ended your comments by saying ultimately this is going to impact our patients ability to um, live functional mobile lives. And that really is where our strength exists and being able to, to share that story and tell that message. And so I just encourage everyone to kind of, to start thinking about it in the terms that you have, because we are going to need to do some advocacy, um, some heavy advocacy in this area in the coming years. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And I just appreciate all the OPA's help as well in, 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 in this area. So I look forward to continually working together and hopefully we can see some change in the future. I'm so glad we had a chance to chat today. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners? No, I mean, I think just, I hope that we all continue to work together. You know, this is such an amazing field. We, we do such great things for our patients and I just hope we can continue, um, all of us, all of our companies, all our independents to, to work together, continue to improve process and continue to look at advocate for our field. And, you know, hopefully we can see some change in the future with these fee schedules. Completely agree. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you, Ashley. And thanks to you, OPGA and VGM for giving us this platform to have these conversations. Um, please don't hesitate to reach out to Kelly or myself if you have questions or thoughts or just want to share feedback regarding the podcast. Thank you for listening to Industry Matters. Make sure you never miss an episode by visiting vgm.com slash industry matters podcast or follow Industry Matters on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Stitcher.